When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friends, welcome to Wrestle Buddies GameSpot's Wrestling Podcast, both wrestling, friendship, and wrestling with friendship. I am uh, the Matt Elfring, as always, and with me, as always, is the Chris Hayner. Chris Hayner, how are the? Join the Dark Order, Matt. Join DarkOrder.com. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand the the thing. I feel I like know. he did that last week too. Um, it's very confusing, but I'm good, man. How are you? It's good. I'm keeping it fresh. We're keeping it. We're keeping it kind of cool and hip. Like kids, kids love subjects like a and the in front of words randomly because that's what kids are cool. I'm, I'm dabbing. I'm dabbing. I mean, if we're if we're aiming for the kids, we should really keep this short and just upload it to TikTok. Oh, that's TikTok, where the that, uh, podcast, baby. Uh, we got a very special guest this week. Um, sure it is I. I can't decide if he's the British version of me or I'm the American version of him. It is none other uh, than gay. I don't know your title anymore. Ben Howard. Hi. I don't know what your title is. Oh, you know, I'm just, king? I'm just, a, I'm just around. He's the, he's, he's the king of GameSpot, right? Yeah. That, yeah that's the, you can call me that Chris. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm sort of, I'm just in there, you know, hanging around doing stuff. Um, First time, uh, first time caller, long time listener. Love the show. You guys are great. Um, we, uh, I, I, I dare say we wouldn't have a podcast if Ben hadn't demand- demanded we get a podcast. No. <laughs> and then I've had to kind of keep it under the radar because uh-huh. everyone keeps asking me, like, why do we have a wrestling podcast? And I was like, well, you should see. We're, build- we're building an audience. We're working on it. We're working vertical. on it. Yeah describe yourself at work is that you're a ghost haunting game spot <laughs> after i well I, i'm about to hit my 15 year anniversary working with GameSpot. not not really? just on game spot yeah but in I, I joined the uk business in 2006 um moved to the us in 2013 so yeah i've been around a long time so in many ways i am like a ghost haunting the hallways you're Just, not the first ghost we've had on the show anyway, so oh constantly boy. ghosts. Yeah. Uh, Chris, we got a fine dinner menu this week filled with uh, just an entree that is so delectable and delicious. Uh, it's a yes. special of the week. Um, please tell us what's on that dinner menu, Chris. Uh, the special of the week is all elite wrestling because A, D9000 on Twitter came after me and said I was being mean to AEW. I'm not. And... Uh, <laughs> And what's more, AEW is what brought Ben back as a fan of professional wrestling. And I just, I want to hear so much about that. Uh, well, I also don't want to hear what you were being critical about. Because I think I, we were just talking about this on the, before we started recording. Uh, like, I think it's fair game. And I don't think there's ever been a professional wrestling uh, entity that's been beyond criticism. And that's certainly true of mm-hmm. AEW. Um, now that they're the kind of the, uh, the they're, they're a much bigger fish than they than they have been. But um, what, what was your criticism of AEW? Look, I that I love so many... Well, first of all, I should note, I am obviously a Southern California boy. I've been going to the indie wrestling shows since roughly the year 2000. So, so many of the people in AEW... I was at the Young Bucks' first match when they were dressed as chickens. Los Galleneros was their name. It was incredible. Um... There's so much talent on that roster that isn't former WWE people who made their, essentially made their mainstream name in WWE that every time they bring in someone new, I'm just like, oh, cool. So like Jungle Boy is never getting back into the world title picture. There's so, they, there's so many people and now so many of them are being relegated to like wrestling on uh, AAW Dark, which now tapes at Universal Studios Orlando, the former home of TNA Wrestling. 
of all things. Yeah, well, I, I, we'll talk about how I got into wrestling, but how I got into wrestling was WCW Worldwide, which was taped at Disney and was the only wrestling show that aired terrestrially in the UK for many, many years. Uh, WWF at the time was on Sky Satellite. So, you, But if you were... If you're watching traditional terrestrial TV, there was literally one show and it was WCW Worldwide and it, and it aired in the middle of the night. Um, so, yeah, I actually quite like those kind of taped in the studio type feel of those shows. But um, I, I think that's I think that's totally valid, although I, I know he's off screen right now. Adam Page is still, I think, going to be in the in the world title picture when he comes back as someone uh. kind of... I, I love, I, I, love so. I love yeah. Adam Page so much. He, I think he might be like my favorite of the, the, like the AEW talents that are, I guess, quote unquote, AEW originals. The way he has kind of ridden that character through the ups and the downs and the personal trauma stuff, I think is one of the best kind of, not just in the ring, but out of the ring characters right now in professional wrestling. He's just, he's fantastic and has been since the very beginning of AEW, I think. Well, he's got this very much this like um, this everyman feel to the character, which I think we haven't had in wrestling in a very long time. It's always been uh, larger than life guys. Uh, but, it, you know, Adam Page feels like the dude you can sit down and drink a beer with who can also beat people up in the ring, who isn't a, a supernatural being or someone that's uh, unattainable to be near and i think that's really important for that character compared to everybody else he's surrounded by i i, I mean absolutely agree and like first of all i and i don't care if he's a cowboy i love that he comes out in a cowboy hat and chaps and carries a, a like a, a lasso like has he stopped riding the horse because i liked it when he came out on the horse the, <laughs> the one of the early pay-per-views he came out on a horse he, he and he also definitely rode a horse uh like into what was it like the stadium stampede match oh yeah match? he did yes. that was awesome yeah. like it's it's so good like yes it, it's the perfect it's it's crazy because it's a very it feels like a very silly almost 80s gimmick but the way he pulls it off just makes it feel like normal and I'm into it. And he's just a cool guy and I want to drink beer with him. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's fair what you're saying about, uh, although I think right now, the thing that's actually impressed me the most, and I think they're in, they've got an interesting challenge now with AEW is now that you have had the debut of, of Brian Danielson and Adam Cole and Punk in the last month and, and Ruby Soho and, and, and sure more to come, how they balance this going forward because actually i think they've done a pretty great job of balancing it so far i mean before he passed i thought brody was really well used mm -hmm. um i think you know matt hardy has moved into a better role for him i think the way they've handled legends i mean the way they've handled sting i think and I, sting was the first wrestler i was kind of obsessed with growing up um mm -hmm. watching wcw so like the way, compare the way that the AEW has handled a legend like Sting and other legends on that roster to the way um, WWE handles Goldberg or the last few years of Undertaker. Actually, the last few years of Undertaker may be, you know, comparable to the way AEW is booking Sting, right? Because AEW is put, pairing him with Darby, letting him have great spots that still play to his abilities and not embarrassing him crucially and still making him look like the sting that you loved when you were a kid. Um, and that is not the case with what uh, happened with The Undertaker the last few years, especially those sort of embarrassing, um, you know, Saudi Arabia shows and stuff. So I, 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 that has really impressed me. They've That balancing act, and I think they've used Rampage well as, an ex you know, expanding it to three mm -hmm. hours as you said, they're kind of they're having to back into dark a little bit more to kind of fill the air with the amount of talent that they do have. I wonder if we, if if Rampage eventually moves to two hours as well. But uh, I I do want to point out you you mentioned the handling of Goldberg and WWE. My preferred way of handling Goldberg and WWE would be to not handle Goldberg in WWE. <laughs> Goldberg, tragic. He was interesting once upon a time in 1998, but he, he wasn't. That ain't in anymore, man. Yeah, but he wasn't even interesting because of him. He was interesting no. because of how he was booked. Right. He was the streak. All he yeah. cared about was the streak, and he looked he looked like jacked Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, that, that that's actually because he doesn't really have much of a at least Undertaker Undertaker could still trade on the character mm -hmm. in the last few years, even though the in ring stuff was very very patchy. Um, yeah, Goldberg. 
was supposed to be this all dominating destruction machine and he's now utterly embarrassing in the ring which kind of like uh, uh doesn't do that any favors no uh i i i feel very odd about the way what they're doing with sting because i like i'm glad i'm glad they're utilizing him and i to the point of also lifting up darby allen but i don't understand what it is like we've we've joked we've joked quite a bit recently that essentially darby allen is sting's son at this point um because i do because i don't understand their connection or why they hang out why darby now hangs out up in the rafters with sting all the time he's like he he's this punk rock kid who rides a skateboard to the ring but now he's hanging out with the old man in the in the crow makeup uh and we're so clearly we have been in the era of t-shirt sting for a very long time i'm glad he's there i'm glad he's getting to wrestle but i wonder what what or if there is a plan beyond him just seconding Darby uh, to the ring? It's all building to the one last match with Tully, surely. <laughs> <laughs> That's when they sign Ric Flair and bring him in. Now it's all coming together. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Although I, I, I think I, I, I was very much feeling like that in those early first six months of, and then you know the cinematic matches that he was doing. It was like, okay, I guess he can do the cinematic matches, but the it was dynamite a few weeks ago where he did the no sell uh through uh, uh he put uh, no self after being put through the table mm-hmm. into the in, into the stinger drop and stuff i i thought it was all kind of it played really well and he didn't again he didn't look embarrassed he didn't look like he was they played to his strengths which i thought was good and see for me on on the other side of things at least with sting uh, i i'm at a point where I feel like we should really be not paying attention to the past as much. I, I feel like within wrestling, and this is WWE is very, very guilty of this. Um, just playing into the attitude era way too much. You know, that's it's we're coming up on like 30 years of the attitude era. We're at like 25 right now. Um, we, we should really be focusing more. We like I'm running the companies. Uh, <laughs> uh, WWE we should be focusing more on the future. And obviously you need transitional guys to kind of walk the new people through the ropes but i think attitude era people are it's way too old now at this point for sure but Um, i think that's where like the signing of adam cole is really important right because adam cole is a signing not of a star of yesteryear from wwe right he's a star arguably at the peak of his powers or arguably even not even at the peak of his stardom yet making the switch and i think that's a that's a that's a bit different even to brian danielson who i still think has several good years or the return of cm punk um like the signing of adam cole feels like a statement that's quite different to some mm-hmm. of the other and and actually ruby soho as well i would i would make that I, case with i would agree with you on both of those specifically with adam cole what's interesting is like how good he he is clearly he is one of the best wrestlers in the business at this point he's only 32 years old that's insane. Like he has so much career ahead of him. Like of the three, like I understand why they signed Punk and Brian, um, just in terms of name value. Especially Punk. Now AEW is a company that got Punk to come back to wrestling. But like the investment, the long term investment has to be Adam Cole out of that trio because his career, like he's been doing this for so long, but he's not even he's barely into his career at this point. And um, which is why I think the the using we talk about the balance of how they're going to utilize these stars. I actually, I'm heartened by a lot of the noise that Punk has made and the way they've used him so far as a way of getting over younger talent. You know, I don't think it's just blowing hot hair, him saying, him wanting to work with the younger talent. I mean, it seems to be setting up like a match with Hobbs or whoever, it, you know, obviously Starks, is, I think is the one that everyone wants to see in terms mm. of like a young talent. Um, I, I think if they can utilize these older guys and and i mean i don't think punk or in the world of wrestling punk and brian danielson are not that old but like they utilize those guys to to elevate the the younger talent the jungle boys uh, of this world who i i agree on jungle boy i don't want to see him get lost because i think he is one of the true potential world stars that AEW has homegrown uh, along with adam page and a few others um then it will be well worth using that AEW talent as a way of getting eyeballs on that on that developmental talent that they've got. Exactly. It's I mean it's it's the same reason why uh, CM Punk worked so well 
for his two matches in UFC, not as a fighter, but for as pay-per-view buys, as Mm -hmm. keeping people mildly invested. Yeah, yeah, CM Punk couldn't compete on the same level with dudes that have been training in like MMA forever. But like, I bought one of those pay-per-views and I was done buying UFC. Uh, And that's, and that same thing with all out, like pay-per-view buys were great for that. And Mm -hmm. pay-per-view buys for AEW in general are, they're fine, but what AEW needs to do and is doing right now is saying like, Hey, here's a couple names you really love and know, but check out, like, check out this dude in the dinosaur mask. He's a dinosaur man and he is awesome. And he's got a dude that rides on his shoulders all the time. Here's a guy that puts his hands in his pockets and kicks you in the shin very lightly. Like that's, that's I'm all for a a Marco CM punk match, by the way. I don't know. We're going to get that, but uh, I'll take CM punk versus anybody. (laughs) Come on. That would be amazing. So Ben, I'm very curious. You, you said AEW is what brought you back. Hmm. Uh, When did you, when did you sort of fall away from being constantly kept up to it? And then what was, do you remember what specifically you saw in AEW that caught your attention again? Uh, so, okay. So that, I mean, I, I mentioned WCW worldwide. That was the show that kind of, and at school at that age, we were, we were all into WWF and it, you know, it was rowdy hacksaw, um, obviously Hogan, uh, ultimate warrior that era, late eighties. It, it was only on satellite in the UK. It was the early days of satellite, essentially our replacement for cable in the UK. And so we had friends who had it. I watched it at their house. WCW Worldwide was the first weekly wrestling show that really got me kind of engrossed in wrestling as an ongoing thing, as opposed to just kind of watching WrestleMania or or SummerSlam or or, or those big events. Um, I kind of tailed off, went to college. So that was sort of 92 to 94, went off, kind of went to college, fell off with it. I think it, it was about 98, 99 when I, uh, around the time, uh, around the time that the Beyond the Mat documentary came out, which really got me back into the fascinated around the mechanics of wrestling. Uh, and kind of, um, it was obviously the Attitude Era. I had started watching the Attitude Era because there are a lot of folks I knew who were watching it again. I was living places we all had cable TV. Um, but then really fell off of it um, pretty soon after that in the 2000s until moving to the US and actually joining the GameSpot team. So the uh, in around 2013, Obviously, there are a lot of wrestling fans. We've started to cover wrestling on the site. Uh, so I, I kind of, even though, and the launch of the, the WWE Network, I guess, kind of like enabled me to start watching pay-per-views, but I still wasn't watching wrestling regularly. I was maybe tuning into one or two pay-per-views a year, as well as following what was going on. So I really didn't actually see a lot of that kind of peak CM Punk era. I was, I was very aware of him and Daniel Bryan at the time and those, but I wasn't really watching those guys. Um, I, I think, you know, it, it, it very early on, I mean, I, I've watched AEW since the very dynamite, since the first episode and the, and double or nothing, the first uh, official pay-per-view. I didn't see the all in uh, event they did before that. Um, I think, cause we were just all talking about it and there was a lot of hype around it going on in the office and very quickly it kind of, I, it ignited the thing that I loved about professional wrestling, but hated about, I mean, obviously I think we can all agree that WWE, the thing that always stuck in my craw about WWE was that it was such a garbage company run by garbage people. Um, uh, and what are you talking about? <laughs> and it's so, you know, <laughs> it's, it's very hard to get past that in terms of supporting an organization, I think. And, um, AEW seemed to be coming from a good place. And I, you know, right from the early days, just the include the inclusion of people like Sonny Kiss uh, on the roster. It very it was very clear that was a it was a wrestling company that loved professional wrestling that was coming from a pretty different place to the to the world of WWE. And so, and very quickly I just I I was became engrossed. But I would say in the last year, with the additions to the roster um, that they've made, but also just the way. I think they've started to just find their groove in terms of how to use the weekly television format. Um, you know, it's been a long time and I very, very rarely watched Raw or SmackDown, but those shows never, ever felt like compelling television to me. Uh, the way they have used Dynamite, probably from kind of um, uh, uh, the, the, the cage, um, the War Games match earlier this year, on AEW all the way through every week has kind of felt like a mini pay-per-view and that 
it's been a long time since I think wrestling on television has felt like a must watch event. Um, and the fact that they haven't outpaced themselves with the pay-per-views by doing four pay-per-views a year, I think. So they haven't kind of burnt themselves out by trying to just build to pay-per-views every, every couple of weeks and the weekly shows become superfluous. Um, the way they handled Brody's death. I know Punk has talked a lot about that just in terms of the way they kept it secret, but the way that tribute show functioned uh, and comparable to the way WWE would have treated a wrestler's death. Again, you know, remembering like all the stuff that happened in the wake of Benoit and all that stuff. I, I just feel like, I don't know, it just, it felt, it has felt to me, AWA has come from a really good place and, and B has just made really compelling television. Um, yeah. I, something else I find really kind of fun about AEW is that we, as the audience are in on the ground floor we were there for, like you said, the first episode of Dynamite and watching how that TV show has evolved, like both both in terms of just at being an actual TV product, but also production value and the look of the show. Because yes. like, I, I distinctly remember the first, the first few episodes of Dynamite, like the sound was really rough. The pyrotechnics did not yep. look great. Some of the camera angles were not the best. And, but getting to sort of watch that show come into its own over the course of the last two years has been really fun. Well, and the way they've come back from COVID, let's not forget like oh, two, years, two years of that show, over a year of that show has been in, in Jacksonville, you know, on that kind of makeshift area. And it's like, that. it felt like as soon as they came back with an audience, obviously they had the the Brian Danielson and the punk stuff lining up and that it was kind of all building to that. But the way they came back with a live show that the crowd, I mean, the crowd have been amazing in those shows as well. Like everyone just feels excited to be back in a live environment. Danielson said it in the, in the, uh, in the press, uh, the press scrum uh, after all out and he was he was just talking about like professional wrestling when it's excellently booked and excellently presented is hugely entertaining like to even if you're not into professional wrestling professional wrestling when it's when it's treated excellently can be excellent entertainment and that i think they've done they've done a really great job of making that a reality of kind of i mean you look at the those numbers that that is why they're bringing people back in who haven't watched professional wrestling but it's sparking something that reminds you of why you love professional wrestling in the first place it's that combination of the characters the in-ring stuff the story stuff you know my son my son's a 10 year old and i he, he even he can articulate the difference between AEW and wwe where he's like well AEW is like it feels like AEW is more about the wrestling is what he said to me the other day. Like, and, and WWE just feels like shenanigans. He didn't say shenanigans, but you know, like just stuff, you know? Um, and so I, I you know, I, I think I mean, I'm really excited right now to see where it goes next because there's obviously a bit of a backlash brewing led by you, Chris. But, absolutely, uh... <laughs> absolutely. Down, down with AEW. I want it to go away. No, honestly, what I want at this point, what I want more than anything out of AEW and something I think would be core to helping it grow even more is I can't understand why they aren't putting the past episodes of Dynamite like on HBO Max. All of their programming is in the Warner family. It makes no sense to me that once an episode of Dynamite airs, like it goes to streaming on demand for like TBS or TNT, yeah, yeah. or T yeah, TNT, but it's moving to TBS for a short while, but then they're just kind of gone forever. And I would love to go back and watch some of those like early episodes. And I will say, we're, we're obviously record, we're recording this in a week when the WWE Championship changed hands on Raw last night. Big E is the new world champion. That's amazing. Um, it feels like we've been very, Matt, you and I have been very open the past, I don't know, year about how terrible raw has been like it's just been a bad show i'm enjoying i'm enjoying smackdown i like the women's division on smackdown uh i like everything roman reigns has touched in the last year but like raw has been an a practically unwatchable show for way too long now throughout the pandemic even now back in front of audiences i just can't get into it it's exciting to have a show like dynamite that is delivering pay-per-view quality matches and also matches you want to see as opposed to, well, Randy Orton is teaming with someone again to take on this other people. Again, we've been seeing it week in and week out for a yeah. month now. Well, here's the, here's the thing about that. Like 
and you're kind of hitting the nail on the head on that is that WWE within their storylines gets so wrapped up in uh, rematches, rematch, 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 nonstop. While AEW keeps matches fresh while still building to an eventual pay-per-view match, like four months down the line. I, I am tired of seeing like Randy Orton face guy. He's supposed to face at a pay-per-view three months from now, every Monday night. I can't deal with it anymore. And I love if you listen to the show you know i love shenanigans as ben's son would kind of put it but not really uh i love shenanigans i love dumb storylines but i can't watch raw when i'm for those dumb storylines that are terrible you love if the, the matches are the same lines. every week what chris you love the worst storylines your favorite storyline of the last year was the rusev and lana divorce it wasn't um I loved it, but it also it couldn't have been last year because Miro was two years ago. I don't know. I look, time is a flat circle, man. Yeah, look, I, to you, the quality, the the if you balance shenanigans with in in ring quality, then you've got a product, right? And and that I think is that's the key. I, I think about you're talking about that some of the matches that Dynamite has had. The, the Thunder Rosa Britt Baker championship is the, the single best wrestling match I have ever seen on television, I think, um, in terms of like uh, on a weekly television show. And I, I, that level has been now, I think you can definitely criticize them in terms of their treatment of the women's division currently. I think they're struggling to fit it into the schedule. I hope with Ruby Soho, they've got some great wrestlers. I'm a huge Thunder Rosa fan. And I think, um, uh, you know, between her and Brit and Ruby and 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 the and the Japanese women that they have on the on the roster and um, Big Swole, Big Swole. Yes. Yeah. Where did she? Is she is she's still on Dynamite and Elevation. Right? She, she's she shows up from time to time. She was in the Casino Battle Royal. I love I love Big Swole. Like, yeah, you're you are a right on with your thoughts on the women's division. Uh, it there's so many talented women there and. There's so much time. Well, first of all, a lot of time seems to be taken up on Dynamite by the Elite now, uh, all 75 members of them. Um, but like, God, I would, I would love just a couple of more like really good women's matches because that's the thing. All of their, practically all of their women can have incredible matches and I want to see all of them. Can, can we just though, talking about the Elite, just give some credit to Brandon Cutler, who um, his... His yes. goof, his goofy D and D wrestler stuff was not a great gimmick. Um, mm -mm. Uh, as much as I wanted it to kind of work out for him, but his uh, the associate stooge thing that he's doing is just so good, and I, I think he adds so much to talk about shenanigans. The way that they, the kind of comedy heel stuff that the elite is doing, mm -hmm. all of them, and I think Adam Cole's a great addition to that. Is is uh, just terrific. So. And how I about that? Oh, um, go ahead. I was gonna say, how about that toss from All Out of the uh, Brand Cutlers, the bag into the steel cage? It was perfect. <laughs> I, I was I was thinking about that a lot during what I was like, what's going through Brandon Cutler's head? He knows he's got to come out. He's got to throw the bag over the top of the cage. The one thing he's got to get right. Okay, so that's 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 a lot of pressure for a uh, for a uh, for a jobber, you know. <laughs> I don't, Ben, I don't know if you ever watch uh, the Being the Elite YouTube show. Um, yeah, it's, I can't watch it. It's, I occasionally watch it. Uh, like I watched a little bit the, where they were doing the, it's, it reminds me of the stuff that me and my good friend Daniel Orty used to make on our, on home camcorders <laughs> where every, we try and do sketches, but every sketch lasts about three minutes too long. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, where you and your friends think it's highly amusing, but no one else does. And so, yeah, it, it, it all adds up to it being kind of unwatchable from my perspective. Yeah, it's, it's definitely gotten a bit long recently, but I will say uh, I, I checked out because like Adam Cole was obviously in the, the this week's episode. So I wanted to check it out. And they're specifically at the end of, I think, yeah, Dynamite last week, the episode ended with Cutler in the ring, getting beaten up by everyone and then getting the knee to the face from Daniel Bryan. And it included all of his footage from holding up his phone while this was happening. And you just hear him screaming, no, please just let me go. Help. Somebody help me. And then you see him fumbling around, falling in the ring, getting tossed. And he, but like, God bless him, kept that phone recording the entire time. And it was perfect. 
That's awesome. I do. I do love that they've sort of as the as AEW has got bigger, they've been allowed to keep that going in the format mm. and the and the lack of style, the kind of free form home movie stuff. Um, that and that that way they've been doing it. It it still feels. I'm glad it exists because it's still it's sort of a stake in the ground about how the way that uh, everyone in that in in AEW as a, as talent is allowed to just basically have complete freedom of expression and kind of do stuff in a in a in a very easy and light way. So even if I don't watch it, I'm I'm pretty glad that it exists still because I think it it's sort of testament to some of the intent there in terms of the way talent is allowed the freedom that it has. Well, that's where I get all my silly boy stuff is, you know, like when I was preparing to go to All Out when that happened way back when, like I was watching all the old being the elite episodes catching up to all out showing my friends that were going with me uh because aew dynamite rampage they don't get too much into the silly story stuff but that's where i get my fix as being the elite i don't like the luke gallows and carl anderson stuff on there at all right now um but i would say that is where like the dark order found their yes. characters that that group found itself through just shots on being the elite and the same goes with brody like bro when brody came in he like he it, it was very much felt like the monster heel uh cult leader but there wasn't a there wasn't a ton of personality to that character right off the bat but holy cow watching him find that character on that youtube show and then incorporate that into television was so much fun they're starting to lay some interesting seeds there with the Dark Order, with uh, Anna Jay taking over or starting to show to be the one. They're so disorganized, but she, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see them starting to use some of the, the women in that, the women, and not just as the separate women's division, to be like leading some of the men's factions and things like that. Mm -hmm. I think that could be a really interesting way to utilize talent like Anna Jay, who I think is fantastic, you know. I, I am very curious as to where they're going with that whole dark, like, like, coming to blows within the dark order that makes me sad i'll be honest i was very afraid that dark order is just going to fade away once cm punk came mm -hmm. uh but hopefully that's not the case i also wonder how much of this is like there it's we're an internal strife but like it's okay hangman's back to bring us back together as a group because truly he loves us and we're all best friends yeah he's I, he's he is due to come back fairly soon i think right I think so. Yeah, he took time off. I believe it, the reports are because he had a child, hmm. so he's at home being yeah. a hang dad. Yeah, and Cody's back next week or this week, tonight. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow, tonight. Tomorrow, yesterday. Night. Yeah, whenever. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm. I don't understand Cody at this point. Like, I I love Cody to death. He. Uh, was great on here on the show he was very like like he's such an articulate dude yeah. the the character of cody rhodes is weird to me because it just feels a taking himself out of ever being in the world title picture feels like he just cut his legs out from under him right off the bat but also he still seems so dedicated to the son the son of the son of a plumber good guy baby but what, face act. But what like, if it's stardust coming back tomorrow oh god Oh, please. I will did, say, I believe... Didn't did he, he tweet? tweet? He, tweeted yeah. a, he tweeted a picture of Stardust last week. And he so... He tweeted a picture of Stardust. So if he comes back with face paint to, like, team up with his brother or whatever, first of all, that's terrible. He hates... Like, he's been <laughs> so open about how much he hated the Stardust character. Why would he do that? Second well, of so, all, I'm all in on that. I want to see it. That's the thing. I want to see it. Yeah, um, no, but, yeah. I, I, but I think it needs something something like that even if it's a twist on the start to for him to come back to face off against malachi black and kind of like avenge the family and all that kind of stuff i feel like he it he can't just come back as cody who lost his boot a month ago you know <laughs> i forgot he took off the boots it, malachi still got it he's bringing it out he's got it stashed under the ring he got it out against his brother last week i think didn't he <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> I don't understand the Cody character. Like, and that's the thing. Like, he should come out next week with one boot on, though. If he comes he out with two boots on, I'm gonna be cool. Well, because that's as as much as my opinion of Chris Jericho has vastly changed over the last say five years. Um last year, you mean? Yeah, year and a half, we'll say. Yeah. Uh yeah. But as much as my thoughts about Chris Jericho, the person have changed. Uh, he's always the I've always been so into his view on professional wrestling that you have to be constantly evolving or you're dead. 
And yeah. the Cody character has ceased evolving some time ago. Yeah. And good Lord, he needs something to freshen it up. Yeah. Well, t- talk about homegrown stars, right? And MJF, I think, is probably one of the biggest stars in terms mm-hmm. of you talk about Jericho. Jericho's last year and how great Jericho has been wouldn't have existed without MJF, I don't think. Absolutely not. No. MJ, like, as much as like Inner Circle has been a big focal point of AEW programming, without that MJF feud, I don't know what Jericho would have done. But at the same time, I also don't know what MJF would have done. They're such perfect foils for each other. Yeah. I, I, MJF has to lead to Punk, right? Ooh. Oh, please. It has I to. want to see that so bad. I mean, like in terms of the, abil- the, the ability on the mic, I mean, I, I, right now it seems to go into Starks because Starks Punk is another kind of two dudes who are great on the mic. But I, I don't think there's anyone better in AEW right now than than MJF. And if Punk wants to work with young talent, I still can't get over how old is MJF? He's like 24, right? Which is just Super insane yeah, to me. It's incredibly young. It's a fe- it's like, I don't know about you, Ben. When I see all these people that are so much younger than I am doing so, so well, I get offended. Like, why, what have I done wrong? Chris, I'm 46 <laughs> on Friday. I, I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been contending with that for a long time, and uh-huh. I will be contending with it on Friday. The, yeah, I, the, for me, it all started the day I realized I'm older than Seth Rogen. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Wait, really? I, yes, Seth Rogen is a year or two younger than I am. Oh, no. Yeah, Chris, we screwed up. I, I agree. Clearly, we should have been smoking pot the whole time. That's the key. The, the media scrum interview that Daniel Bryan did after All Out, uh, he, he specifically mentioned Punk wanting to work with all the younger talent, but and Bryan's like, I, I, don't, I just want to wrestle. There are so many, A, there are just dream matches between the former WWE talents that we never, we never, we, we kind of got a CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan feud. But it was like Kane was there and AJ Lee was involved and it was all just kind of whatever, like a really good pro wrestling feud between Punk and Brian Danielson. Like that's the stuff dreams are made of right there. When you throw in Kenny Omega, Jungle Boy, I'll, I'll even throw in Darby into that list. MJF, there's so many there's just so much talent in that company that like I'm dying to see mix it up with all of these guys. Oh my well, God, the, CM Punk and Adam Cole and Daniel right. Bryan and Adam the, Cole. The thing they've nailed right now is is the fantasy booker thing, right? Where yeah. we, anyone who follows professional wrestling, and even when I wasn't watching professional wrestling, you kind of still, you fantasy book in your minds, right? AEW is kind of nailing, and particularly with the Forbidden Door stuff, which we haven't really talked about, right? Like Minoru Suzuki, like, uh, like the way they can now utilize some of those guys for fantasy matches who weren't in in you know in New Japan who that so much of that stuff I think again it presents a, another big problem because actually you've got AEW but then you've also got all the stuff with Impact and and New Japan and how you can utilize this kind of expanded universe but I am excited about the Japanese stuff as someone who's never uh, watched a lot apart, apart from stuff on YouTube and and little bits of here and there of New Japan stuff but is aware of a lot of the New Japan stars I'm super excited of about seeing those guys crop up inside inside AEW. Well, we're, we're kind of at a point where where AEW is becoming what Ring of Honor was, I don't know, six, seven years ago, where Ring of Honor and New Japan had a working relationship. You know, we saw Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi teamed up. I, I still want Kota Ibushi to come to AEW and fight Omega again, but that's just me and a thousand other people. Uh but we're it's finally i I hate the chris and i talk about this all the time i hate the forbidden door thing because there's no forbidden door aew (laughs) yeah the the forbidden door thing strikes me as strange because new japan has worked with wcw new japan has worked with wwe before new japan is like all these companies have worked together when financially it makes sense for them um it just so happens that like right now it makes financial sense to work with aew and i love that uh however I need them to separate AEW and Impact Wrestling so badly because they're never bringing over the good people from Impact. Like the Good Brothers are fun. They're a fun tag team. I understand they're friends with the Bucks and Kenny and whatnot. And they have all that history in Japan together. But like those characters do not fit on AEW programming. And we're getting more 
of that the eight we're getting more of the impact tag team champions than 90 percent of the AEW roster the, the Man, only good thing that the only good thing that's come from that relationship i think is don Callis, who is just fantastic and I, I and i can always take more don Callis on on AEW. i think he's been great um i i wanted to ask you a question like mm-hmm. who's next or which one, which, which W, I mean, there's a lot of rumors about Sami Zayn right now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of rumors um, about, um, about Owens. Uh, I see there was some stuff going on about Gargano's contract ending soon. Who, who do you bring over that makes sense? My only issue with the possibility of Gargano is his wife is still under contract to WWE. And I don't know that they like, especially now that they have a baby on the way, I think they would want to not be on opposite schedules um owens slash steen would be interesting if only because i feel like wwe outside of his one win of the universal championship has never known how to highlight him Mm -hmm. he is one of the most entertaining and talented people on that entire roster same goes with Sami Zayn. anytime they give Sami Zayn a stupid character that doesn't make any sense he knocks it out of the park um, but I also, I, I believe it's been said maybe by Zane himself that like WWE has been very supportive of his, of his philanthropic efforts. So I don't know how much that plays into his decision to want to be around. Um, I think we're headed for a very interesting place because AEW still, while yes, you have dark and dark elevation, uh, their two YouTube shows, they still really only have three hours of television. And I don't know how many more people you could pack into that before you have to start being like, look, this is great, but I'm sorry, Peter Avalon, the librarian, we literally don't have room. Because that was the thing, the initials, I remember- Isn't it, pr- pr- isn't it pretty pizza now? It's pretty pizza. Pretty, yes. yes, pretty pretty Peter Avalon. Because uh, <laughs> like we have, a, we have a gallery on site that's just everyone signed to AEW. And it's- well over a hundred people at this point and it just and that's that's it just continues to grow because more people keep coming in and they're not just adding wwe names they're adding like independent names that they're picking up along the way too it's just it's so many people that eventually that bubble has to burst yeah you've got to imagine that tnt i mean the numbers are pretty good and friday night is such a dead tv zone that they could add a second hour to rampage and uh pretty easily i think mm-hmm. um but uh, but yeah, I it's gonna it is gonna get a little strained at the seams. I mean, you already see it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, your, yeah. For for me, the smart move isn't bringing in more WWE people. It's working with other companies that have high caliber talent that mainstream audiences don't know. Whether it's you know, Dalton Castle. I don't. I mean, this is Ring of Honor, but Dalton Castle. Danhausen has blown up. Why isn't he? You know why isn't Ring of Honor working with you know AEW on something like that, or even Impact's uh, women's division is it's hot fire, man. I don't know why AEW isn't trying to work with Impact with the women's division to kind of give a good rub to AEW's women's division. You know, you put a Jordan Grace in there and uh, or uh, Deanna Parazza, uh, the virtuoso, <laughs> put her in there. Like you've you've got so much great talent at Impact in the women's division. Like let's work something with that let's make aew's women's division like matter put them up against those people well i think there has to be a degree because like if i'm remembering correctly early on kenny omega said he was very involved in the direction and the booking of the women's division in aew Mm -hmm. and since then you know obviously he's kind of got a lot going on especially for at that point when he was doing both aew and impact dates and the odd uh, date for like what was it cmll in mexico yeah, yeah. Uh, and and new japan, what, and new japan it, like yeah. like so i don't i don't know if how in i'd be really interested to see who's most involved in the booking and direction of the women's division because again yeah a impact yes i would trade the i would trade the good brothers for uh impacts women women's division any day of the week because they're incredible but also aew's women's division is so strong and we got to see so many of them that don't get a huge spotlight during the casino the women's casino battle royale like why isn't abaddon scaring me on my television every single week she's i i was i was hanging out with a couple of friends over the weekend and i saw aw tweeted out a photo of abaddon from the battle royale and i showed it to them and they're like what is this like how do we watch this person wrestle because they look like a japanese horror movie monster 
Yeah. Or or Jade Cargill's like she got a good uh she got a good rub during the casino women's casino battle royal. Like put her on TV more often. Like she's a beast. Like get someone in like that that like has that like that eye catching look that's also good in the ring. I'm with so, you on Jade. I think she. I mean, she's pretty. I think she's really new to wrestling, right? She's only been wrestling a couple of years, but um, but she's she's got such an amazing presence that that, that yeah, they, they have a uh, a group of women when you you know that that they could absolutely absolutely build something compelling week in week out, um, as opposed to the occasional match. I mean, it was really weird the way Sheeta kind of basically disappeared off TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and it, it does sound like they're going to start to bring her back or it does seem like they're starting to bring her back in now. Maybe she was taking time out. I don't exactly know, but, um, but yeah, there's, there's a ton of, you know, it's all opportunity right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't think the pandemic has helped anybody. <laughs> no. Well, especially with so many of, especially with the women's division, so many of the talents that come in from Japan, like that just wasn't a thing for a while. Uh, but, but instead during that time, what we got was, I love Britt Baker. I think Britt Baker's a great character and I think she's a deserving women's champion, but like, man, spotlight someone who's not Britt Baker for a little while. Because like, even when she was out injured, so much of the episodes were like her sitting in a wheelchair at ringside. Like, or in a golf cart outside. Yeah, yeah. like, come come on. there. You have so much talent that you can highlight. Let's work on it. Remember when they had Kylie Ray? Oh, smiley Kylie. She was only on the double or nothing, the first pay-per-view, right? Yeah. And she she and left she right after. And, yeah. and I think she went to Impact and then she retired. And I think she's back now. She's back at Impact. Somewhere. Is she back at Impact? Was she in the Ring of Honor? I don't know. There's a lot of like, uh, there's a huge uh, women's division push going uh, all within wrestling. Like Mickey James is heading up NWA's like women's division <laughs> yeah. stuff, like which is fantastic. Mickey James rules. Love her. Uh Impact's got our big push. Ring of Honor is like has a push for the women's division, so it's nice seeing that. I just wish AEW would do it more. <laughs> Did you see Brian Cage's wife complaining, presumably on behalf of him, that he was being underutilized? Sure did. Yep. Guess yeah. what? She's not wrong. <laughs> well, she she is, but the problem with Brian Cage is he's 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 pretty good in the ring, but he's terrible on the mic. Yeah, he. And needs, so he as soon as they took Taz away from him, yes. Like it, the whole thing fell down like a house of cards because I don't know he did his own promo last week and it was just excruciating. So I, yeah, he needs a talker and especially now they've separated him and Starks. It's without a talker, I don't see how he's going to find a spot. They, yeah, they, they need to pair him up with. So like, listen, just sign another legend. Get like what Arn Anderson's not really up to anything right now he, since he his son got beaten up. Tolly is seemingly managing so many heels, like turn Brian Cage heel and give him, like put him in the pinnacle too. Who cares? That could, because I feel like the pinnacle has just fallen apart ever since they stopped feuding with the inner circle. Like, I think some of them teamed up this last week and they used the name, the pinnacle for the first time. I noticed that too. I didn't, I was months. like, oh, the pinnacle. I forgot about them. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would, I would love to see a, good talker paired up with uh paired, paired up with brian cage same see, same with like jade cargill now has a manager who does a lot of the talking paired up with her and i, I like that because yes she's newer but like you can see that you can see the foundation of she is going to be a good worker and a good talker there and, and it's all it's presence right and she can yeah. it allows her to build presence while while having someone to take the pressure off and and like cage those think of those early matches of cage where he was basically being treated like um aw's brock right where mm -hmm. they, he didn't say a thing like taz came out with him and did all the shouting and screaming and then he just came in the ring and just destroyed uh and and he it worked it worked super well also mm -hmm. he just does not work as a face i mean no you know uh no because he's a gigantic monster that can move like a luchador yeah like that's a scary scary thing i i am scared of that i that's i don't cheer for that i kind of hide from it Matt's giving us the wrap-up sign. You're not supposed to say that out loud. Well, you can cut it out. No, Ness is staying good now. All right. Hey, anyway. Ben, thanks for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a pleasure, guys. I, 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 don't really, uh, I don't really get to chat wrestling very much here in no. my home office. So uh, this, was a, this was a real pleasure.
It's awesome. And you mentioned Dan Audi earlier. You are a perfect companion piece to the one time he came on and talked about what? Haystacks Calhoun? Dan? Mike? Matt? Whatever your G- name is? Giant Haystacks. Giant Haystacks. Haystacks, yeah. He came, Big he Daddy. Came in, he, came in and, he came in and taught like... Did he, he talk about Kendo Nagasaki? Really, yeah, not really knowing anything about wrestling and just talking about the stuff he remembered seeing on TV as a child. Yeah, he told me he was coming on and I was like, Dan, I, I know you're not interested in wrestling. <laughs> like... <laughs> We've never had a conversation about wrestling, Dan. What? But you know, he's a he's a he's an entertaining chap, so I'm sure it was great. Yeah, it was great. Oh, of course. Um, next week, real special episode, Ben. You're gonna love to hear this because you haven't canceled us. Uh, if you guys love March Madness and basketball, you're gonna love what WrestleBuddies is bringing. We got the big beefy boy tournament. We're talking That's about right. the biggest beefiest boys in wrestling. We want to make we want to make note. Beefy boys include men and women. Yes, yes. There are women included in this tournament. Yes. Uh, part one, we'll be bringing back uh, Greg Thomas Martinez from GameSpot, one of the original Wrestle Buddies. And then week two, we haven't asked her, but she's going to come back on. going to ask Keisha to come back yeah. for week two, the third Wrestle Buddy. Uh, this is an idea I had while I, I think I was at Halloween Horror Nights, maybe. Yes. And I just got an idea. I was like, hey, Matt, what if we did a tournament of beefy boys? By the love, way, that, that was those big muscular people. That was the worst Anthony Perkins I've ever seen in the background of your photograph. <laughs> he, looked, he, looked, he looked like a like a men's catalog model. He didn't look anything like Norman Bates. I will say Terrible. Universal, he Ben is speaking about a photo on my Instagram account that you can go look at right now. Uh, Universal has a few different people under contract that they have playing uh, Anthony Perkins in the parks. Some of them are good. Some of them were at Halloween Horror Nights that night. Yeah. Didn't really look like him at all. One of them was me in front of the house, you know. Sorry, I, I just it just occurred to me. I was just like, who is that supposed to be? Oh, it's supposed to be Norman Bates. Okay. You'll be pleased to know I had to wait in line for 20 minutes to take a photo with that guy. <laughs> you waited 21 minutes too long. <laughs> Anyways, next oh. week, big beefy boy tournament. Uh, we'll have the seeds and the brackets out very soon. We got most of the wrestlers picked out. Uh, I'm, I got my people I'm pulling for. I know Chris has his people he's pulling for. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Ben, thanks again for coming yeah, on you, and ben. not canceling us. Thanks guys. We're going to have to have you back again. We'll come up. We'll come up with a reason. Anytime. Any, anytime, time, Mr. Busy meeting man with all of his <laughs> meetings, corporate executive kingpin. Corporate Ben. Hey, Chris, any final words this week? I mean, big beefy boy tournament next week. I don't know what else to say. Beef. It's what your beef on. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Russell Buddies. We hope you had at least almost as much fun as we did. Go ahead and rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. You can email us questions at WrestleBuddies at GameSpot.com or find us over on Twitter at WrestleBuddies. I am at Chris Hayner. He is at I'm Matt Elfring. See you next week.